Welcome to The Whole Steward, the holistic approach to wealth from a Christian worldview. I'm your host, Andrew Stanton, and I'm glad you've joined. There's a rule often hailed by Christendom and secularism alike. Laws are based on it. Jesus taught it. People seek to live by it. Religions around the world teach it. It's named after the most universal precious metal. You're familiar with it, but do you know the context in which Jesus put it forth? It's important, and it might surprise you, today on The Whole Steward. This is episode number 41. I'm thankful you're listening. The rule I'm talking about is the golden rule. You've heard of it, haven't you? There's very few people who have not. And you might think, well, you know, that's a Christian teaching, and indeed it is. Jesus taught it. But there are many people who will subscribe to it and try to live by it, even though they give no credence to Jesus or his teachings at all. They still would say, oh, well, that's a good principle to live by. But do you know the context in which Jesus taught it? You see, Here on The Whole Steward, we talk about stewardship, how we are managers of everything that God has given us for a short time while we're on this earth, but we take a holistic approach to wealth from a Christian worldview. So our stewardship is looked at as a whole, not just as money management, not just as a household management, although it absolutely includes that. It includes so much more. And we've gone through the nine forms of capital before that we are stewards over. Today, I want to talk about the golden rule. You can apply this in many different situations in your life. But what is the context under which Jesus put this forth? That's what we're going to look at today. And it might surprise you because the reason why I want to address this now is our society is facing a lot of pressures. Pressures against what is good and what is right. You have been living under a rock if you haven't seen it in the news, the headlines, everywhere, that what is good is being pressured, pressured into obscurity If we, the people, let it, that which is not good and not right is put forth on the front lines, on the headlines, in our face every day, and it is to basically normalize things that are not good. That is the natural course of human nature, and it has happened before. This is not the first time. But we as Christians, we as those who profess the name of Jesus Christ are facing crossroads that we haven't had to before. Things in our workplace, things on the street, things in our applications, in our documentation, at the schools, in church even. The cultural pressures that are changing what is known as to be good in society are very big right now. So let's look at the golden rule in that context. Luke 6, 20 to 36. Now, to get some context, just so you know, the golden rule will not be said right away because Jesus does some teaching on stewardship and that will be the context leading up. I'll comment as we go. Let me pull up, if you're watching on video, the Bible verses that we'll look at. If you're on audio only, 
you will still be able to hear and catch everything. Luke chapter 6, verse 20 through 36. Jesus says, And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. That is, poor in spirit. You can cross-reference this with Matthew 5. You might think on the surface, oh, that means Jesus wants us to be poor. Uh, That is not the case. It simply means poor in spirit or in need of spiritual healing from God. Verse 21, blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. That is, if you cross-reference with Matthew 5, hunger and thirst for righteousness. It doesn't mean blessed are you who have empty bellies and are starving to death, although it is actually irrelevant to that. Whether you are hungry or not, if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you shall be satisfied, Jesus says. Continuing on, blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. If you cross-reference that with Matthew 5, you see that it is a mourning over your sin. If you do that now, which many people will not, they will have no remorse over their sin whatsoever, Jesus says you will laugh later. You will be brought into the glorious kingdom of God and have joy inexpressible, abundance, and favor with God. Verse 22, blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Sound familiar for today? If you stand for what's right in the name of Jesus, what's the reaction right now? Think about that. If you say God created the heavens and the earth, if you say with the psalmist in Psalm 146.6, he is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, he remains faithful forever. If you say life is precious from conception, Because God makes each human being in his image. If you say God created them male and female, if you say it's futile thinking of a darkened heart when women exchange natural relations for those that are contrary to nature, and the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men. That's Romans chapter 1. If you say these things, will you be excluded? Will you be reviled? Will you be spurned? Those are all predictions of Jesus, basically. If you stand for what Jesus stands for, the creator of all, the sustainer of all, the one who makes men and women, male and female, the one who glorifies his name in creation, the one who treats life as precious from inside the womb, you will be spurned, you will be reviled, you will be excluded, your name will be spurned as evil. It says here, on account of the Son of Man. You see, if you stand for those things by the name of Jesus, guess what? We're seeing it. Even in America today, you will be excluded. You will be reviled. You will be spurned. Your name as evil 
is that true? No, it's not. Those three examples I just gave, those are good examples of good things, righteous things, the way that God intended them to be. What does Jesus say? When that happens, he says, Rejoice in that day, verse 23, and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets. Look at every great prophet of old. Was he loved for what he pointed out when he was stating what was right and good, defending the fatherless and the widow? What makes you think it'll be different today? Human nature hasn't changed, and so you can see the similarities. And it is not nearly as bad as it was back then. Uh, People say, oh, things are getting so bad today. Well, yes, they are. That is the direction. But we as Christians in our stewardship remain faithful to what is right. And we uphold the truth, not only in our business dealings, not only in our money management, but also in our stewardship of our relationships with our children and our spouse, our extended family, relationships at work and in business. You see, it goes so much further beyond just the basic money management when you think about stewardship. And the prophets, certainly, they were stewards of the truth, and they stated the truth repeatedly. And guess what? What Jesus said would be true of us was true of them. And he said, that's the way it was back then, and it'll be the same today. We need to stand bold in these things. Verse 24, but woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Those who are rich, but not rich toward God, as we've discussed before, That's who he's talking about here. Their only reward is what they have now. And that's all temporary. None of what we have on this earth is permanent. It is all passing away and God will make all things new. But if you are only rich here on this earth, you're not rich toward God, then you have received your consolation. You have received the reward for that and it is temporary. Woe to you who are full now, verse 25, for you shall be hungry. You see, if you are full now, but you are not full of righteousness, not full of the truth that God wants you to embrace and trust in, then you shall be hungry later. If you think you're okay without God and you're without his mercy and you're not reconciled to him through his son, Jesus, you shall be hungry for eternity. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. You see, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth in that place where those who reject God and his word. It's a very serious matter. Jesus is not pulling any punches here. He's very straightforward. Verse 26, woe to you when all people speak well of you, For so their fathers did to the false prophets. Now, if people are just speaking well of you for good reasons, that's fine. But if you forsake the approval of God for the sake of the approval of men, you can be sure you're missing the mark. 
Hi, this is Gary Pinkerton with Gary's Gulch Podcast. You are listening to The Whole Steward with Andrew Stanton, one of the best researched shows by a man of true passion. Now that you know more, go out and grow more. Jesus continues in verse 27. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. Now, that's a contrast from the expected reaction. Think about this. The expected reaction would be defend yourself, stick up for yourself, fight back, punch back. But Jesus is specifically in the context of us being reviled, spurned, and excluded for his name's sake, for the things that he stands for, the things that he cares about. You are not to strike back. Just like he spoke the truth during his mock trial, he suffered for it and set the example. He did not strike back. He certainly could have. He certainly had the power to, but he didn't. And that doesn't mean you don't stand up for what's right. Going on to verse 29. To the one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from the one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. The context here is being attacked for standing up for Jesus' name's sake. It is not crimes committed against you for, for no reason other than pure evil, but specifically for the name of Jesus. And it doesn't mean that you don't stand up for what's right. You certainly do. What it means is you don't retaliate when you're attacked for standing up for what's right. This will be and is an increasing issue in our society. Uh, You see it tremendously, putting tremendous pressure on People who are willing to stand up for what's right, who are trying to preserve the shreds of righteousness in our country. For example, a law against murder. That is great. It is good. It should be preserved and it should be fought for. But a law and or funding promoting the murder of preborn children, that's touted as good. And if you speak against it, you are reviled, excluded, ridiculed. You see, we need to pay attention to this. We need to think about these things. Now, Jesus is coming to the golden rule here. He's getting close. Jesus continues in verse 30. Give to everyone who begs from you, and from the one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. You see, you can live this out. You can live it out in your personal life. You can live it out in your business. You can live it out in your church, when you're just out and about, it's uh, very practical. Now, we have a big problem, and this is a side tangent, which I'm not going to go down right now, but we have professional beggars, which are actually professional con artists, and they're very good at begging and coming up with a story, and I can be very susceptible to them. I try to see through that, Because as a steward of my family's resources that all belong to God, I don't think it's good that I just get taken advantage of by every con artist that comes along. That's not what Jesus is talking about here. There are people with real needs who are begging for help, and we are not to refuse them. 
We are to be very generous and ready to share. If you're listening to this, you are rich by the world's standards and we have some to share. We should. You can live this out, like I said, in all different scopes of your personal life. This is where Jesus comes to the golden rule. Let's look at it. In all of this context, this is where Jesus says, verse 31, And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. You see, this is a big deal because it's not, well, treat your friends this way. It's not treat the nice people at the grocery store this way. It's not treat the folks at your church this way. This context is all in the context of evil being committed toward us because of us standing up for what's right. Because of us standing up for the name of Jesus and his teachings. You see, the golden rule applies to us toward our enemies. Yeah, it applies for us to treat our enemies the way we want to be treated. This is a profound teaching. It's a difficult one, but it has very practical implications. Jesus is giving us all kinds of practical, economic, and living advice here. Jesus continues in verse 32 here. He says, and he's going to expound on what I'm talking about here. Quote, if you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount, or maybe even with interest. You see, God says here that even evil people live out the golden rule uh, with their friends. You see, it's pretty easy for those who don't even know God don't even care. They'll, oh yeah, all day, live out the golden rule, but with their friends, right? Oh, I treat my friends the way I want to be treated. Jesus is saying, what credit is that to you? Even the sinners do that. Everybody does that. And that's why the golden rule is so universal. Jesus is saying, I want you to apply that to your enemies. You see, that's where the rub is. That's where this gets difficult. He goes on, but love your enemies. And do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and evil. Is it safe to say that each one of us has been ungrateful, has been evil in our life? Is it safe to say that each one of us needs his mercy? Is it safe to say that we can only succeed at this if we first receive his mercy, right? If you're going to live out the golden rule, you have to be very well acquainted with the mercy and the grace of God that he's shown toward you through his son. When Jesus went to the cross, he lived this out perfectly as an example, what he did on our behalf. While we were still enemies, the scripture says, Christ died for us. He finishes in verse 36 here. Be merciful even as your father is merciful. If you're going to live out the golden rule in the context of your enemies, in the context of those abortionists 
who are just rabid on taking the lives of preborn babies, of the drag queens who would pervert the roles of men and women and perpetrate such evil into our children's minds. If you're going to live out the golden rule with those who are unjustly attacking their opponents or shadow banning them or banning them completely from the platforms that have such a very straightforward agenda and an evil one at that. You need to know God's mercy because then and only then can you be merciful to others. You understand the weight and the breadth and the height and the depth of God's love toward you through his son. Then you can be merciful when it comes time to apply the golden rule. I mean, our country is being overrun basically by communists right now. They're trying to. They've been trying for quite a few years now, decades. And uh, these are people who spurn the name of Jesus. You hear them take his name in vain all the time. It's their attack daily on what is right. And they attack those who stand for what's right. And we must resist it. We do. We must be bold. We must stand for the truth. And we must live the golden rule when the retaliation comes. You see, this is very practical for our stewardship. I pray you found this helpful. I have some very exciting guests coming up on The Whole Steward. Remember to subscribe if you haven't already. We've been working on getting the videos up on YouTube if you're a visual learner. Otherwise, the podcast is great and you can subscribe there as well. So please do that. Share it with a friend. The word has been getting out, but we need to keep doing that. Let me know what you think. I appreciate the feedback already. And now that you know more, go out and grow more. All content on The Whole Steward is for informational purposes only and must not be considered personal, professional, tax, or legal advice. Please consult an appropriate professional for individualized advice. Though we do our best to bring you reliable information, we make no guarantee on its accuracy. So you must rely on your own due diligence to draw your own conclusions. The views expressed by guests on the show are their own and may not represent that of the host. Please visit our website for complete terms and conditions. Thanks for joining us today for the holistic approach to wealth from a Christian worldview. This show is brought to you by thewholesteward.com.